May we all be found at this Passover by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. Exodus chapter 12 verses 13 and 14 prophesied a warning to early Israel that is quite valid for Abraham's seed today. Let us look at it, therefore, with our spiritual eyes to understand its full meaning. Exodus chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. Now the blood of the Lamb of God shall be a sign for you, those of you born again through Christ, on the houses. We are God's land. We are His house. Where you are, not some physical hidden place, And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, the first Passover, and the plague. We today should pay close attention, shall not be on you to destroy you, because of the blood of the Lamb. When I strike the land of Egypt, Egypt is symbolic of the world. So this day shall be to you a memorial, a forever memory and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, onward to Jesus, and us today. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance, legislation set in place for Israel by God. Galatians chapter 3 verses 27 and 29 reveals Israel today. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs of the kingdom according to the promise. So we can see those born again through Christ are Hebrews, Israel, seed of Abraham, and must keep this feast and take direction from it. As we read, God's people were to remain inside until the death angel passed over. Thus they experienced the first feast of Passover. This was, however, a foreshadow of a future Passover that will take place at the end of the enemy's rule of the planet and the destruction of this world with its wicked systems. All will be destroyed that has been created by mankind at Satan's direction. Besides, Because this enemy of God was its founder, the world has become a far too dangerous place for God's children. It mirrors Satan's nature and is designed to make him God. Yes, the world's demise is coming, and from the looks of things, it will not be too distant that the Father will say, Enough is enough. Satan will have had sufficient time to prove himself capable of being God to the planet. Isaiah chapter 14 verses 12 through 14 reveals the enemy's intent which explains why the world is so far from God's will today. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations, made them inferior. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation, Mount Zion, the government of God's people, on the farther sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. He has failed miserably in every attempt to achieve his dream, however. 
It is such a shame, he challenged God. Everything was in perfect order and harmony on earth before the fall of man. But Adam, Eve, and Satan caused us to pass over from the perfection of paradise to the condition we are in today. Had Satan not beguiled Eve, causing her to rebel, or had Adam refused to follow the iniquity of his wife, the history of man would have been much different. In Satan's endeavor to surpass God's ability as Creator, he attempted to bring into existence a new and superior race of mankind by crossing angels with humanity. He not only damaged man, but the angels as well. Neither one were after their own kind. By changing creation from what God said was good, he made them inferior, substandard. God was angry and sorry he even created man. The perfection of heaven as well as earth was tainted through their lawlessness and rebellion. The sins of these three beings resulted in a flood that only eight people and two of each kind of creature survived. They passed over from life as they knew it to a devastatingly flooded planet with no other living being on it. God gave man another chance, however, but at the same time, it allowed the enemy further opportunity to succeed in his quest to be as God. So the offspring of the cross between man and angels were half-breeds that lost their bodies in the flood, but their spirits remained alive and well, more evidence of Satan's inability as creator. These spirit beings were not created by heaven for heavenly life, so heaven was not to be their home. Earth could not be their home either, as it had been given to the sons of man. So these creatures had no home or bodies to function through on earth, not a part of the original creation. God called them evil, unclean spirits, demons. Satan calls them his army. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 11 through 13 calls them our enemy. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It is his desires that drive the enemy against us. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, new levels, new devils, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Now Noah, father of those that survived the flood, was declared by God a righteous man, but his family was not. Therefore, the angel blood continued to plague mankind even after the flood. I say plague because we know genetically angels were not compatible with humans, resulting in the many diseases and abnormalities we see in us today. Again, evidence Satan was not fit as a creator. You see, God originally created Satan perfect, an angel to cover and protect mankind and guard the earth. Powerful, beautiful, wise, yes. But in no way does he even begin to compare to our all-powerful, omnipresent, omniscient, or all-wise God. He is a created being that has in fact disobeyed his master and is therefore no longer perfect. He is rebellious and inferior, as is all mankind that has followed him. 
Therefore, both man and angel are deviant specimens of their species. Because God knows the end from the beginning and loves His earthly children, He devised a plan for our restoration before He rested or we fell. Even more exciting, all we were originally given dominion over will be perfected according to His plan as well. This thankfully includes our earthly home, the earth. So the greatest Passovers ever experienced, notice plural, are about to happen. Passover from ruin to perfection. Passover from Satan's will governing our lives to God's will. Passover from this diseased, poverty-stricken, angry, chaotic world to the shalom of God's kingdom. Another one everyone agrees will be exciting and wonderful is when we pass over from corruption to incorruption and mortal to immortal and time to eternity. Before all this can happen, however, this world and all its systems must come down. Unfortunately, many will go down with it that do not see things from a spiritual perspective and refuse to heed the warning to come out of it, to separate. So all this raises some questions. Where is safety, shelter, and peace? Where is the kingdom of God? Where are God's people? I think a good scripture to start out with in our quest to find these answers would be 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, the physical, but at the things which are not seen, in the supernatural. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now we want the eternal, so let us look at Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, can't see it in the physical, nor will they say, See here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is inside us. The house of God where we find safety is not tangible either. I will give you a clue. It's not a church building or underground shelter. 1 Peter 2, verse 5 shows us this house. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house. It's us, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9 For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Quite plain. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 6. But Christ, like Noah, as a son over his own house, he is our high priest, our greater husband that covers his family, his wife, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the kingdom and its king is found inside God's people. 
They are therefore his dwelling place, his house. How do you find these people? Look at the fruit of the people around you. Matthew chapter 7 verses 18 through 20 gives us the answer. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23 is what we are looking for to detect God's people. But the fruit of the Spirit, His fruit or nature, and those that have experienced Pentecost, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Romans chapter 14 verse 17 But the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You will sense this quietness in them. The residents of God's kingdom do their best to walk in His will, obey His law, and bear fruit that is evidence they have the nature of the Holy Spirit and that He dwells in them. On the other hand, when you see the fruit of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, fulfilled in those around you, know whose land and house they are, as well as which kingdom they belong to. Remember, righteousness and peace is in God's kingdom, so we want to look closely at which fruit is manifesting through those we trust and gather with. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10 warns us of ones we don't want to be connected to. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Those that walk in these things are not the ones you're looking for. Unfortunately, you will find people walking in these things yet accepted by the world's churches. But remember, who is God of this world and owns the religious systems in it? We as fruit inspectors look for righteousness and peace. The word peace in Hebrew is Shalom 7965. It is the God kind of peace. 7965 Shalom from 79.99, safe, well, happy, friendly, also, abstractly, welfare, health, prosperity, peace. King James Version, do, familiar, fair, favor, friend, great, good health, perfect peace, such as be at peace, peaceable, peaceably, prosper, prosperity, prosperous, rest, safe safety, salute, welfare, all is well, be well, holy. 7965 from 7999, 7999, shalem, 
a primitive root, to be safe, in mind, body, or estate, figuratively, to be completed, causatively, make completed, by implication, to be friendly, by extension, to reciprocate, King James Version, make amends, make an end, finish, full, give again, make good, repay, pay again, make peace, to be at peace, peaceable, that is perfect, perform, make prosper, prosperous, recompense, render, requite, make restitution, restore, reward, surely. We all desire this perfect peace and should speak it over each other daily. Shalom. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. This peace can come over you in the most chaotic times. Therefore, not brought on by anyone but the Lord will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. As we continue to search for God's people, remember the kingdom is in us, so we look for those that are not only a righteous appearing people, but like-minded ones, united and walking in truth. They are of the same species born through Christ, not Adam, in harmony with one another. They are ones that assemble for Sabbath and all the feasts of God. In other words, they, like those in the upper room at Pentecost, are in one accord. So let us look at the word accord in the Strong's to understand better what to look for. Accord, Greek 4861, sumsukos, from 4862 and 5590, co-spirited, similar in sentiment. King James Version, like-minded, where your mind is, denotes where you are spiritually. From 4862, soon a primary preposition denoting union, with or together, by association, companionship. Make sure your companions are the same place you are in your mind. Process, resemblance, possession. Instrumentally, addition, King James Version, beside, with, in composition, the same species. It has similar applications, including completeness. 4853, sum fulites, from 4862, and a derivative of 5443, a co-tribesman. Our father is the Lion of Judah, native of the same country, New Jerusalem, Israel. King James Version, Countrymen, 4858, Symphonia, from 4859, Unison of Sound, Praise, Symphony, A Concert of Instruments, Harmonious Note, King James Version, Music, when in order and harmony with the universe once more, we will hear a cosmic chorus. 4864, Sunagoge, 
from 4863, an assemblage of persons, the body of Christ, especially a Jewish synagogue, the meeting or the place, by analogy, a Christian church, King James Version, assembly, congregation, synagogue, the church glorious, the church triumphant, God's bride. There is also a special anointing on God's people as well, a different presence you can sense. Because their hearts and minds are filled with truth, they live a noticeably different lifestyle and are not a part of the world's culture. They have passed over from the world, left its pleasures behind, and passed over to God's kingdom in their hearts and minds. So where are they? These born-again, spirit-filled, righteous ones that love truth and shun the world's knowledge are scattered all around the world. There are many members, but one body, the body of Christ. They make up the last Adam. Side note, just as Eve was physically taken from the side of Adam, so the bride of Christ was spiritually taken from the Lord's side at the cross. As he was pierced by the sword, or some translate spear, the water and blood came forth, giving birth to the bride of Christ. His bride would pass over from one age to the next, pass over from the seventh-day church to the eighth-day church glorious, the church triumphant. As her knowledge of God grew, she began to reflect the light of the Word, became flesh of His flesh. As she entered into His blood covenant, she became bone of His bone as well. You see, as Eve was made from the physical rib of Adam, so the last Eve, the bride of Christ, was made spiritually from Christ's rib. Did you know bone marrow is primarily found in the ribs, and that is where the stem cells found in our blood comes from? Now let us take one more look at the Strong's Concordance at the word rib to better understand God's bride. Rib, Hebrews 67.63 to Selah. From 67.60, a rib as curved, literally of the body or figuratively of a door, leaf, from the tree of life, hence a side literally of a person, or figuratively of an object, or the sky, quarter, architecturally a timber, or plank, especially floor or ceiling, single or collective, a flooring, King James Version, beam, board, chamber, corner, leaf, plank, rib, side, chamber. With this information fresh on our minds, let us look at a prophecy given for this end time by Isaiah many years after the first Passover was experienced, foretelling the last Passover. Isaiah chapter 26 verses 20 and 21. Come, my people, into your chambers, enter the body of Christ and His bride, and shut your doors behind you. Leave the world outside of your mind and heart. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation is past. 
till the wrath of God passes over. We must be careful, as this could happen when we least expect. For behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth will also disclose her blood and will no more cover her slain. Nothing will be hidden from the great judge. Safety, shelter, and peace will only be there for those that can see it, those that love truth and have feasted on it enough to open their spiritual eyes, giving them insight through the mind of their spirit. Spiritual things cannot be understood or accepted as truth by the carnal man. He will be unbelieving and caught unaware. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. In closing, the battle between God and Satan is a spiritual battle. Satan has invested much time and effort veiling the truth from humanity, so man cannot understand the Spirit of God, and in fact, in many instances, does not know or believe in Him. John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. This is for those that hear his voice through Scripture. Satan is not happy about God's knowledge being released and watching truth gather the flock to safety, especially those he thought belonged to him. But it is loosed, and there is no stopping God's people now. Truth is going to all four corners of the earth. God's people are praying and testifying to God. They know Satan is not the one to rule. They know God is not responsible for the world's problems and that Satan is at the bottom of every flaw. All sin, all deaths are because of him. They understand carnal man cannot solve spiritual problems. They know also they need the Lord and that there is nothing they can accomplish without him. In other words, they have passed over from Satan's wisdom chosen by Eve to the knowledge she turned her back on when all things were good. Today, those that do not love truth will be unable to see spiritually, to take advantage of the plan of God, His kingdom, and place of safety, shelter, and peace. Isaiah chapter 25 verses 6 through 8 shows us it won't be God's fault if we fail, but ours alone for not hearing. And in this mountain, the Mount Zion of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18. The Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of choice pieces, the called, the chosen, the faithful, a feast of wines on the lees. Lees are the sediment found in wine. If left in it, the wine becomes stronger, of fat things, flesh of his flesh, full of marrow, bone of his bone of well-refined wines, taken out of the lees at just the right time to be the best, on the lees, the new species. And he will destroy on this mountain, Zion, the surface of the covering cast over all people, the false doctrines and lies found in Satan's knowledge, and the veil of deception that is spread over all nations, which weakened them according to Satan's plan. 
He will swallow up death forever. Christ's spiritual victory will manifest to earth. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. The rebuke of His people He will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. And we will pass over to eternity. May we all be found at this Passover.